Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Shara Carruthers on with us. She is passionate and outspoken voice for the power of living your truth. An international teacher, speaker, advocate, and mentor for women's wellness, she has inspired and motivated a global community of women of all ages to live juicier and more connected lives by embracing the principles of yoga and Ayurveda. So welcome to the show today. Thank you. Really glad to be here. Yes. So I'm super excited to chat with you, Shara. And I would love to know, how did yoga and Ayurveda first enter your life? Because everyone seems to have their own little story of how how both of those came to be. So how did that come to for you? Well, I guess like a lot of folks, it started with yoga. I was practicing yoga. I'd been practicing yoga for quite a while, actually. And I had a moment in my life when I decided that I really wanted to know more about yoga, not just practice, but I wanted to get a sense of like, where does all this come from? And so that led to a yoga teacher training. Um, And then not long after the yoga teacher training, I decided that I really wanted to get a sense for how to apply yoga for um, some of the challenges that people face in their lives, like very specifically, as opposed to just something that was um, like a general class. And so that led me to yoga therapy. And so in my yoga, I decided to do a yoga therapy training. And from the yoga therapy training, the one that I did was uh, Ayurveda was very much at the center of that. It very, it ranges these days quite a bit. You know, there's, although IAYT requires that there's some Ayurveda in all yoga therapy trainings, but the one that I did, um, it was very much focused and centered on Ayurveda. And from there, I just fell in love with it. And then it it just, you know, kind of snowballed from there. I love that. And you've been practicing yoga for 30 years. Yep. A little bit more than 30. I think I took my first yoga class. I say I fell asleep in my first yoga class in, when was it, like 1991 or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Quite a while ago. Wow. Oh, so how has yoga changed through the years that you've kind of seen then? And that, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of yoga that I mean, especially in the early nineties to what's present today. Yeah, wow. You know, it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting yoga. Like, I think it's changed a lot and 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 a little in that. I, you know, the class that I did, the first class that I did was a hatha yoga class. There was no, there wasn't a lot of movement in it. I think that's partly why. I, and when I say I fell asleep, I actually did fall asleep, <laughs> and it wasn't in shavasana either. It was doing some pose. Um, but um, you know, at that time. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't, there, we did, there wasn't any hot yoga, that vinyasa wasn't the thing so much. I think yoga was still, um, I took the class in, in Australia, so yoga was still feeling very close to those original roots from the West. Um, I don't think, I wouldn't say it was sort of fringe at that time. I think there was a, you know, there was a beginning to be an ex, a wider acceptance of yoga or an understanding of yoga as a, a beneficial practice. But um it kind of exploded, I would say, you know, in the, even just kind of a few years later, really, because by the time I got to to New York, which was probably around the late 90s, yoga was everywhere. And you were hearing about, you know, all of this superstars that were doing it, and people were getting into Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, maybe at the time that I did it, it was kind of very much on the verge of exploding. But in terms of the actual practice, it felt pretty much the same. Um, in terms of Hatha, at least, as it does now, I think it's more about a mindset that's different. And is that yeah. something where you first entered your practice? Were you kind of 
all about the asana and you didn't really understand the other side. Cause I know that's how I entered. I just assumed this is yoga. And then I, when I yeah. took my first training, I was like, oh, wow, this whole new door is opening. Was that your experience as well? Very much so. You know, I think I took, I took yoga. I was living, well, I took that, that Hatha class and then I sort of, um, you know, kind of dipped in and out as you do of yoga. And then I got quite serious about it or a little bit, I'd say more serious about it um, in the late nineties when I was in New York. And at that point I was looking for some, I was looking for a physical practice that spoke to me, you know, but that wasn't running or that wasn't going to the gym or something like that. And there was something about the yoga that really spoke to me. And then I ended up going and living down in South America for a couple of years. And at that time I, I ended up hooking up with a teacher who was very, very, um, kind of steeped in the tradition of Astanga Vinyasa yoga. So all the classes were taught, you know, only in Sanskrit. And, and so that kind of sparked my curiosity around, you know, what might, what else might be there, what this practice actually might be about. And then I think from there, you know, I was very interested. And then that's what led to that addition or initial, or um, I should finally left, led to that, me doing that yoga teacher training, because I was looking to learn more about yoga, the practice of yoga and what it was about, the philosophy, you know, that sort of stuff. But there wasn't anything out there except for a yoga teacher training. And that's how I ended up there with no plans to teach whatsoever. <laughs> that was yeah. the same, same with myself. As yeah, well. <laughs> that's how, I've heard that story myself so many times now. <laughs> oh, well, I would love because I know that you had, um, you know, a program mm -hmm. about Ayurveda and helping yoga teachers understand how to implement Ayurveda into their classes. And that's something that I'm yeah. also super passionate about. So I would love to hear your take on that. And if people are listening, because I do know I have some yoga teachers listening, maybe yeah. where can people start to introduce Ayurveda or for them to even get knowledge about, because a lot of them come to me and they're like, we got three hours in our you know teacher training and I don't know very yeah. much. Yep. Yes. Oh my goodness. Great question. I think, you know, the best place to start is at this point, like when I, I when I first started learning a little about Ayurveda, there wasn't a ton of it out there. You, you really had to search to try to find it. And it was presented to me within a context of yoga therapy. So I had a sense already of, of um, how to use it and how to work with it to some degree. But now it's slightly different. There's lots of information out there about Ayurveda. And so what I typically will say to anyone really um, but especially to yoga teachers is start practicing it, just start practicing it. So rather than be thinking about, um, you know, necessarily about how do I apply this to my classes in the same, like one of my favorite quotes is from Judith Lassiter, uh, Judith Hanson Lassiter. And she says, um, practice for your students, teach for yourself. And that, you know, and I tell all of my students as well, all of my yoga teacher students, it's really important that you start practicing this stuff and that you tune in and you start to understand how it makes you feel when you're, um, when you're aware of the differences between your practice in the summer and your practices in the winter. Um, how, how, how do you feel when um, your, you know, your, your, your body mind feels clear as opposed to, you know, maybe heavy or congested? And what does that mean? And how do you apply your practice in those moments? And um, and if there's no answers, you know, if they're like, I don't know, then try, see what happens. You know, see what happens if you, um, I don't know, if you, you you speed up your practice a little bit or you warm up your practice if you're feeling heavy or if you're feeling 
stuck or, you know, all those sorts of things. So I think that personal experimentation is, you know, no matter what you've learned, no matter what information you have in your head about what Ayurveda is and how it can be applied, uh, that personal practice, that personal experience is, in my opinion, the best way to inform your, your practice and to share it, to, to share it with your students mm-hmm. and to inspire them too. I love that. And that's, I find this the easiest way to teach from too, is your own experience. Yeah. And this is how yeah. it feels. For and sure. then people are like, oh, okay. Like exactly. you're, you're doing these things. This is great to kind of see that example. So I would love to know kind yeah. of some of your exactly. own personal Ayurvedic practices from day to day. Is there anything that you're like, oh, this is for yeah. sure. I got to make sure I check this off. Like for me at night right now, Abhinyanga has been my practice and I, you know, oh, I love nice. it. You know, what about for you? Is there any practices yeah. where you're like, these are my go-to Ayurvedic practices? Oh, wow. Uh, I think, you know, it's interesting. Like I I see my whole life as an Ayurvedic practice, Mm, Like there isn't anything, you know, there's, there's, so I I engage with it in a way, I engage with life in a way that is very tuned in to the relationship that I am with the world around me. And to me, that's really what Ayurveda is. So, you know, and this is the way I teach it as well. I think it's important that people recognize that, yeah, there's certain lots, certainly lots of things that Ayurveda says you can do or you should do, but the key is to be informed by how you feel and what's mm-hmm. happening around you. And so, you know, for me, Ayurveda as a practice is far more about, uh, about honing that ability to tune in to what I need in the moment. And so, yeah, sometimes that's a bianga. For me, I'm very, I'm very dry throughout the year. And so paying attention to how that dry is showing up. Is it showing up in my hair? Is it showing up in my, in my skin? Is it showing up in the way my voice sounds? Or, you know, is it showing up in feeling headaches or, you know, other digestive issues? And then kind of tuning in there. I mean, in terms of trying to maintain a sense of balance, I think more than anything, I know personally for myself that having some kind of a routine, um, and by that, it might just mean, um, you know, I get up every morning and I do a little bit of movement and a little bit of tuning in and breathing and paying attention to that. I try to anchor my day to, to small things like that, that I know that I will do as opposed to trying to make it too complex, which means, you know, for me and my Vata, I'll just be all over the place, you know, I'll do it one time and whatever. And then, you know, even just that, that idea that under, of understanding that consistency is important. So it's not necessarily having to do the exact same thing every day or have that lemon water every day or whatever it is, but it's about, for me, it's about um, anchoring my day with self, some kind of self-care practice that speaks to how I'm feeling and, and what's going on around me. Can you dive even deeper with that self-trust piece? Because I'm finding I'm having, you know, clients coming to me who are graduated from Ayurvedic programs, but they don't yeah. still have that self-trust of like, I, I know that I should be doing this. And then usually yeah. in talking it out, like they do know the answers, but can yeah. you, how do kind of maybe a speed up way or any tips for people <laughs> to kind of really trust? Like, yeah, I do know. And I do trust my inner wisdom. Wow. Yeah. I think, you know, it's really interesting when you, when you start to learn about Ayurveda, it can be overwhelming. There could be a lot of stuff to learn and a lot of, um, and I, and I always tell people, look, it's a lifelong practice for me and what I teach the way that I, that I teach my students. And, and, and it really does come out of the way that I practice myself is about 
um, tuning into the simplest qualities of life. And you might be talking, you might talk about this as, as well. You know, this idea of, I usually think about hot and cold, wet and dry, heavy and light. That's it. And I, I mean, there's, you know, we, we know there's 20 or whatever, when you think about the uh, Gravati Gunas, but when I think a little bit just about what's easiest for me to tune into personally, um, I'm always thinking about that. What, where am I on that spectrum from hot to cold? And it's really interesting, you know, or heavy to light or whatever it is. And it's really interesting to think about starting with something like this, because if we're talking about beginning, trying to trust your intuition, it, it, you think, well, how does this work? How does those, how do those two things connect? But when we can be, uh, when we can be confident in what we're feeling, that leads to being, you know, to some degree that leads to a level of confidence in, you know, the way that we're engaging in the world and how we're thinking about things, etc. So for me, Ayurveda is very much a somatic practice. It's very much about how I how I'm feeling. What's what am I feeling in my body, and what am I experiencing in my mind, and how do all of those things um, relate to these same qualities? And so I typically will teach my students to first and foremost to begin to see the world in this quality in this sort of qualitative way. Be, begin to look out into the world and think about what qualities you're engaging with at any given time. And for me, one of the gifts of Ayurveda is teaching me how to see things differently, how to, you know, how to experience my emotions differently. And, you know, in terms of hot and cold and wet and dry and heavy light, because as soon as you do, then all of a sudden you have a, you have a, a platform for um, recognizing imbalance and creating a sense of balance. And I think doing that and it's starting with the body is great. I think, you know, starting with, um, you know, starting with your with your yoga practice or with any kind of movement practice um, or tuning into your body is is a really good way of doing that. It's kind of grounding you in your own knowing. Yeah, I love that. And I love working with the gunas because I think that's such a, yeah. I mean, like, it's the backbone of Ayurveda, but sometimes people don't mention it as much as it is. And I'm like, this is what I teach my son who's seven. Yeah. We go out in nature and like, exactly. I'm like, what are the leaves? Are they wet? Are they dry? You know? And yeah. he, I'm like, are they dead? Are they alive? Just to kind of like, see, are they still in the tree? Cause here in Minnesota, we have, you know, all four seasons very distinctly. And he, yeah. you know, can really start to see like, oh, okay. Stuff is starting to turn or snow is melting. Like it must exactly. be coming into a different season. So that's one of the great ways that I say nature for sure, just going outside, I think is helpful too, to kind of see, okay, what's going on outside that's happening inside of our bodies typically as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as yoga teachers, I think about it, you know, or even as, even if you're not a yoga teacher, as a practitioner of yoga, like there's so much, there's so much richness in that as an idea, you know, there's so many, like I talk to people about, you know, just how you, how do you experience you know, lightness in your body? How do you, how do you move your body in a way that can create an experience of lightness that you can, you can rely on, or you can go to when you're feeling heavy or stuck, you know, and, and all of the rest of them too. And for me, I think that it's, you know, if nothing else, it's an adventure, you know, to, to think a little bit about this and to begin to explore and get curious about our own capacity for creating the, you know, the experiences that we need to feel balanced and joyful and all the other stuff. Totally. Yeah. And if you people garden, you know, that's always a nice way to kind of work with it. Cause you can kind of see the yeah. seasonal shifts and planting. Like I come exactly. my dad's a farmer and very yeah. in tune with the seasons. And so yeah. I'm like, I grew up with that. And so I'm like, Oh, this is yeah. like Ayurveda when 
it's kind of very similar in the way that my dad works that he wouldn't know he's practicing Ayurveda but I'm like he he is I mean he's looking at the soil he's looking at you know all of this stuff that you know I never paid attention to as a kid but now I'm like this is so cool yeah exactly it's the wisdom you know it's it's the it's the wisdom that is underlying a lot of the a lot of indigenous cultures and the way that they engage with the earth and the understanding that they have i'm doing a lot of study about that right now um, a lot of other you know indigenous cultures and you just and you're seeing these lines flow through everything it can be expressed in different ways but really what it is is it's a language for understanding our relationship to ourselves and to the world around us and so yeah. it's really um it's really useful it's really powerful yeah. and it works quite in it and it so beautifully sits with yoga and the philosophies of yoga as you know as to create a really a really in my mind um a really wonderful foundation for living Mm. and for being Mm. yeah well and you have a podcast called you know live like you love yourself I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about what does that phrase mean to you and you know how did you kind of come up with that as your as your podcast title yeah you know I think it came out of um thinking about you know, what Ayurveda says is the, the the three main causes of disease, you know, misuse of the senses, misuse of the intellect and, and, you know, um, kind of, kind well, not, ne- not necessarily mis- misuse of time, but sort of not engaging with the cycles of nature. And it kind of zeroes in on that idea of mis- misuse of the intellect. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, learning about those things, it's one of those things you, you know, you, you had this experience where you're like, oh, I can't unlearn this. You know, <laughs> I realize now that, you know, um, that part of what is, what may be contributing to, and this is something we all know anyway, we all kind of inherently understand, but, you know, having it put in such, such clear and clean terms um, really, for me at least, made me really ask myself some hard questions. Like, what are you choosing in any given moment? And, you know, how are, and not from a place of, of trying to create a sense of guilt about it, but more like, um, what is the, what is the intelligence or wisdom from which you're choosing? Do you know enough about yourself? Mm. Um, and the thing is, you know, after spending so many years and so much time with clients and with myself, I realized like, we all know what to do. We just don't do it. And that there's lots of reasons why we don't. And so this idea of eating like you love yourself, which was kind of the first thing, and that was the, where the book came from, this idea of eating like you love yourself was really about getting present. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a moment, you know, if you ask yourself, am I eating like I love myself? Um, it gives you a moment just to get present to, okay, wait, what, what is, what's driving my choice? You know, is it the consult, is it social conditioning? Is it fear? Is it um, is it lack of something? Is it whatever it is? It's about getting present to that. And then, of course, eating or living like you love yourself is really just um, an expansion of that as an idea. And it, for me, it speaks to um, no. It speaks to knowing yourself. So it's an invitation to uh, to learn more about yourself, to learn more about you know how the elements live in you. You know, what does your fire look like and what is your air? How does it express itself? And what does your earth feel like? And, you know, how does it express itself throughout the years and, or throughout the year and years and to, um, to choose yourself? Hmm. So what does it mean to choose yourself? You know, we have this, we have these messages within society that 
self-care looks like something. It looks like mani-pedis or it looks like, you know, bubble baths or whatever. It's shifting. Um, but what about the role that you play in community? You know, I've, I've just, I've recently heard a really beautiful idea that um, from Trisha Hersey, she was saying, look, I don't talk about self-care. I talk about community care mm -hmm. and community care is it's a couple of things in my mind. It's about recognizing that, as I said, I've said this before, who you are as a relationship. And so we all have a part to play. And part of that is about taking care of ourselves, you know, so that we can truly show up in community so that we can do or be who we're, who we're, who we're here to be for ourselves and for the folks around us. And then the last of it is um, share yourself. And that is really, really interesting in this current, um, world and culture that we live in because some folks would say well we're sharing ourselves all the time we're all <laughs> over social media etc but i would i would question that because i think to me sharing yourself is really about coming from this authentic place you know and and it's about it's about um it's about being generous with with who you are and I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, the way that we're engaging, you know, with this idea of sharing ourselves. And so there's a sense that, you know, knowing yourself and choosing yourself gives, uh, creates a really strong foundation for sharing yourself authentically. And so that's kind of how I, you know, when I think about living like you love yourself, it's really those things. I love that. And I want to pull on that sharing yourself thread, because I think mm. that's something that um, you know, with social media and that authentic piece and those connections, mm -hmm. like, how do you personally do that within your business? And, you know, are, are you, does this always something that just kind of navigates? Like I tried TikTok for a hot second. And I was like, mm. oh, this is not for me. I didn't put up any videos. <laughs> I just kind of was on there and I was like, oh, this yeah. is too much. And so then I, you know, deleted my account and I'm like, okay, back to Instagram. And I, I don't mind it. I like the stories. I like to, you know, see people that way, yeah. but how do you kind of manage all of that? Cause it is hard to, I think it's hard to kind of stay in my own body, stay in my own practices and then, but yeah. yet flip and share and then come inwards. I mean, it's just, it's hard to find that balance. You know what? It really, really is. I don't think I know a person, you know, an entrepreneur out there who isn't struggling with this. And, you know, for me, I, you know, and, and I, and say, in saying that I struggle with it as well. I, I've tried, I've tried all the social media. Um, I, I don't feel particularly drawn to social media. And so for me, I think I'm still very much in that, in that place of trying to understand how best to share myself on social media. And, and at this moment, it looks like not sharing myself very much at all. I think I've I've found that I've got a, an email list, which is great. And these are folks that have, I've been speaking to for years and years. And, you know, that list is growing. And I, the podcast is certainly one way that I found to, that, that feels really good for me. And I'm having conversations that are rich and that feel real. In fact, I had somebody write me the other day that just said, like, I really love the conversations that you have because they feel real. And so, you know, for me, part of, part of choosing authenticity, you know, part of choosing myself has been, you know, quieting the voices in my head that have said, oh, you've got to be on, you know, you've got to be on Instagram or you've got to be on, you know, whatever it may be when it doesn't feel necessarily, um, I don't know, it doesn't draw me. It's, it doesn't, you know, I don't. So I think, 
I'm still working through that, to be honest. But I think, you know, anytime that I do share myself on any of the, any of the social medias, um, it's, it's definitely coming from a, a very considered place. And so I'm really just trying to do it in a way that's, that speaks to me, because I think when it speaks to me, it'll speak to the folks that mm -hmm. I'm, that I'm reaching out to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I completely agree. I think with my own, with the TikTok, which I'm like, I'm not really big into the reels or the videos. And yeah. so I'm like, why this TikTok is all videos. And that's not, I mean, that just does nothing for me. And so I'm yeah. like, okay, like, why don't I just share, you know, more pictures and more infographics that I, I like that's to create too. that. Like that's my, one way of my creative outlet because yeah. I'm not artistic in other, <laughs> other ways, but I'm like, I like to work around Canva. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, why don't I, I do too. more it's of great. that? Yeah. Versus like, needing to like you know stay on trend when I mean, that doesn't feel authentic to myself so yeah, yeah. I mean I love so that ultimately that that is choosing you you know is saying yeah this is what this is what speaks to me so this is how I'm going to share myself yeah yeah and yeah. knowing it will change because that's where I'm like you know as we're recording this I always am like okay yep. I'm pregnant and then my postpartum is always just such a tender pocket of time and I'm like ripped raw yeah. and so I'm like I just want to like honor that and just like really go inwards and just kind of see what yeah. comes up in journal and just kind of sit with stuff because that's usually when some of my deepest thoughts and feelings and programs and what I want to create came from last time. Like that's where Ayurveda entered the picture for yeah. me was the postpartum last oh, time wow. with my son. So that's where yeah. I'm like, you never know what magic unfolds. So I'm giving myself space that I did not last time. Good on you. That's choosing yourself too. And you know, I just the way that you've put that, you know, you're, you're using, you're taking this moment. And it, again, like you're, we're seeing, we can see it in this kind of context of, of, of self-care, but in reality, it's community care because you're, you're giving yourself this space to tap into your deepest gifts. And those things will go straight back out into your family, into your community, all the rest of it. There are this opportunity for you to um, take that that time to um, to be to really become you. You know, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I know. It's and very that's, Ayurvedic. Yeah, and that's <laughs> very. Uh, I didn't realize this or just how much like against counter push that I would have. It's very counterculture in terms yeah. of like taking the very. rest. They're like, what you're gonna do? What you're not leaving your house for like six weeks? And I mean, it's just like the pushback that people will give you. I could never do that. And then you're you know, it's me kind of like defending like myself and I'm like well my son is older he's going to be seven so he's a little yeah. more manageable and you know trying to defend all of this and I'm like yeah this is just so interesting just to see that that's our immediate response is no I could never I would have to leave the house I would get bored and I'm like yeah oh man what an interesting way that we view just kind of ourselves and like we got to bounce back and go 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 resting is not needed when I would argue that time of life you definitely need to rest after baby. Absolutely. And you know, another reason why it's fantastic that you're doing this is because ultimately you're giving other people permission to do the same. Like, as you were saying that, I was thinking, yeah, what would happen if you didn't, if you didn't have to defend it? If What would happen if you just, you know, if it was really just about you choosing you and that's it and that's good enough, Yeah. you know? Yeah. It is so, so interesting. Yeah, talk about it. Talk <laughs> about it. Seriously, because you are giving other people permission to do the same. You know, we we do, you know, we live in this culture that's that's quite, you know, toxic and that's quite um, you know, that's quite vata and pitta imbalanced, truly. 
Um, and it's because of the choices that we make. It's because of, you know, all of the things we hear about grind culture and hustling and all these things. And it just takes people choosing something different to shift it. You know, how do you honor rest in your life? My life is all about, it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally like in terms of my environment, it is all about rest. I've just moved um, in last year at the beginning of last year to an island. And so I, it's, I am surrounded. In fact, I had, I thought, oh, I better close the windows because there's like birds singing, you know, I'm surrounded by nature. I am, sur I've got beautiful views out my window. And so, and there's this, there's this, I have to take a ferry to get to the mainland where all the hustle and bustle is happening. And so there's this moment, there's this sort of eight, 15 to 18 minute, um, you know, space every time I go to the mainland that sort of is this transitioning. And one of my, one of my teachers calls it this liminal space that I can use to shift from what's happening, you know, the traffic and all those things that are happening over there just to this space. And so it's for me, it started with my environment and making that choice to do that. But then also, you know, your environment's great. And, you know, and it, and it, it very much contributes to, you know, who you are in the moment. And I can feel myself sort of slowing down a little bit from being here, but then there's the mind to, to, to deal with. And so for me, that is about, um, that has been about, reestablishing routines in this place. It's about, it has been about reminding myself to prioritize rest. And so, and you know, we, we are so much a, you know, um, we're so much a product of our culture that those patterns are just running. They're running in our heads, do this, do that, you know, keep moving, you know, you've got to, what's the next thing? What are you creating now? And so there is a real process of unlearning all of that. And for me, that's been, um, you know, it's been this, it's been this big move and it has been about surrounding myself with people and having conversations with people who support me in doing that. So I do a lot of talking with friends and I'm in, involved in a lot of circles and I do the work to try to create those same spaces for other people to, um, to help support them in choosing themselves. And that helps me too. <laughs> what would you say if, uh, I just did a mana practice in one of my group programs this morning and like the, I just noticed I'm like that stillness and we just did five minutes, you know, we all shut our cameras off and muted and took five yes. minutes just to do nothing. And it was just so interesting just to kind of see like thoughts that pop up. And a lot of us commented, we're like, oh man, I did not realize, you know, like one of them was like, oh, I was looking at my son's toys. And then over here, oh, I got a vacuum. And then, you know, just all of the thoughts that constantly pop in our head. And I'm sure yeah. when you moved, you probably had that too, where you're like, whoa, I have so many things going on. Like how long does it take, you know, is it kind of a nervous system settling before you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I can relax. Or is it something that you still even daily, it's something that you have to practice to kind of release some of the, you know, all the thoughts that are all over the place and swirling. Daily. <laughs> In a word, daily. Like, I think, you know, I've noticed that my meditation practice has, has shifted and changed as well. And, and I've noticed that that really helps too. And I think, you know, it, it's always going to be about staying tuned in to, you know, what's going on and making choices based on that. Like I've just come off of a six week holiday that what or six week, I should say a six week trip. It was partially holiday and partially I was doing some speaking and various other things. But, um, and we went in that, in that six weeks, we went to 11 countries and 
just, wow. you know, there was this, I think the, my practice of Ayurveda and yoga was allowed me to stay really present to what was happening to me during that time because you can't control everything. Like if you're, if you're getting on a plane every, you know, three, four days and you're, you know, all of these things you're, and you're not doing, you're not in your normal places, you're going to feel that in your body. And you're going to get a sense of how that's impacting the way that you're engaging with the people around you, the folks you love, you might be, you know, who knows, you might be, you know, angry or anxious or whatever it may be. And so I think that there's a real value to being able to tune into that because um, it gives us the chance to use our intellect proper, you know, properly and make make the right choices. So for me, you know, wherever I go, there I am. So there's always going to be those voices or those, you know, those those patterns and things in my head. But the more that I can build my toolkit of ways of, of addressing those things, and the more that I can, you know, to some degree, make choices that are going to um, be more about choosing myself or that are going to be more about creating balance, the better equipped I will be to, um, to kind of be my best self in, in any given moment. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say, nope, I've practiced and we're there. <laughs> I was like, all right, I just need to practice a few more years. <laughs> I don't know that person. I don't know anybody who does Everybody. that. Well, and truly, <laughs> well, and truly. <laughs> oh, I was hopeful. I was like, maybe. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what, to me, though, I think it's a constant adventure. So I'm excited about, you know, what I'm going to learn, you know, whatever I'm going to learn about myself, you know, whatever the world or the life is going to life is going to throw at me, it's always going to be this opportunity. So it keeps it mm -hmm. interesting, mm -hmm. you know, and so looking at that, you know, choosing or, or, or you know, learning to get around that or learning to, um, to enjoy that is, you know, I think is maybe as good as we can do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, there's no done point. There's no, you know, Exactly. I'm assuming you're probably a lifelong learner as well. And so you're, yep. I mean, I like to learn things as well. And it's just Absolutely. new things that are thrown in there and to try and explore. Yep. Well, I want to kind of circle back and for you just to, you know, touch on your book once more in case people were like, oh, you have a book. Um, can you share a little bit more about your book and where people can find that? Yes. So my book is called Eat Like You Love Yourself. And it is a, um, it's a cookbook it's an Ayurvedic cookbook and it's also a, it's sort of, it's, it's, um, it's designed as a seasonal book. So I've set up the, re the recipes and, you know, seasonal groupings. And so it's really designed to help people understand um, a bit of, a bit about Ayurveda, like the beginning of it is a kind of a primer of Ayurveda, but then to also better understand how to fit food and how to fit um, self-care slash community care into into your life in a, on a, in a seasonal way and so you can find the book there's definitely you can definitely get it on amazon but you can also get it at my on my website and there's a there's a print edition there's also a digital edition too perfect i'm gonna have to check that out myself i love yeah. the seasonal recipes and um uh cooking the best i can seasonally so thank you now I yeah. want to know if people are like, where can we connect with you? You know, what's your website? And then if any social medias that you might pop on, <laughs> and then we already mentioned, you know, your podcast is another place to kind of check you out. Yeah, sure. My web, my website is www.blissbodyandsoul, all one word.com. And I'm also Bliss Body and Soul on Instagram and Bliss Body and Soul on Facebook as well. I'm not on any any other social media, but you can find all, I'm just about to, to launch a new website, but regardless the, the, um, the, the URL will, will not change. 
And um, you can find everything I'm doing on there, all the you know information about the courses that I run and the books and, and the podcast and all that sort of stuff. You can find it all there. Perfect. Well, I just have one yeah. final question for you. I always like to throw out a weekly challenge to the listeners. And then when I have a guest on, I have you throw out the mm -hmm. challenge. So what would you like that challenge to be this week for people? You know, I would say, and this is something I often ask my, te my yoga teachers that I'm teaching to do. I would say, can you start to get a sense of the qualities that you are in relationship with? So can you look out and just think about those six, think about hot and cold and heavy and light and wet and dry. And can you spend a little bit of time this week tuning in? So tuning into what hot and cold, you know, what, how those are expressed in your own body mind. So your, you know, your emotions and your physical sensations and, and then look out into the spaces that you're in as well. You know, your, your house or your, you know, the surroundings or even the food that you eat and tune into the qualities of, of the things that you're engaging with um, and the people that you're engaging with. I can tell you um, it sh it'll be enlightening, but it it'll also give you um, some real insights into maybe even to how you feel and to, into why you choose the way that you do. Love that. Well, thank you. It's a perfect mm. one. Well, thank you so much, Shara, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. Likewise, Andrea, thank you so much for doing this, for the work you do in the world and for making that choice to take care of yourself too. <laughs> thank you. And everyone, yeah. go out there and spread your peaceful power.